Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Bullpen. Here's your hosts, Rob Fontenot and Thomas Chavadilla. All right, guys, it is time for a brand new episode of The Bullpen, a podcast covering the Houston Texans. I'm your host, Rob Fontenot, alongside our other host, Mr. Third Coast Tom. What's up, buddy? Good evening, Rob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. There is a lot to talk about in the NFL today. Things are happening. The draft is approaching. We are through the combine. We're going to get into it all. All right. First thing I want to talk about, buddy, is probably the biggest news that has happened so far. The Chicago Bears traded their number one pick to the Panthers. Now the Panthers have the number one pick. They got wide receiver DJ Moore, the ninth pick in this draft, the 61st pick in this draft, round one pick in 2024, second rounder in 2025. Now first question is going to be a two-parter for you. Who do the Panthers want that they traded up for and who do you think won this trade? So I have been diving deep into this information, trying to figure that out, trying to see if I could see any tea leaves anywhere to kind of get a handle on where they're going. And the only thing I can tell you is that they are at, at, at ends because the rumors out of Carolina is that Dave Tepper, the owner is enamored with Bryce young, but that the, general manager, head coach, quarterback coach, are leaning C.J. Stroud. Now, as a Texans fan, you know that's 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 what the Texans are looking for in this draft at some point. Most people think it could be at the number two pick. Some people think it would be at the 12th pick. Some people think there's a potential that they could uh, go all the way back to 33 and pick one. You just know the Texans need to solve the riddle that is their QB position. And... These top these top two quarterbacks have been neck and neck for a while now. What's really interesting to me is that I literally read something earlier today that said that Carolina is also entertaining the possibility of trading back 
to gain assets and still potentially get a guy they covet. So I don't know which way they're leaning. It, it, it's 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 interesting that Chicago made this move so early because they really had the keys to the castle. And what this kind of says is they really coveted DJ Moore because he was going to go to free agency. This allowed them to get their hands on him before free agency. And this was one of the better deals they thought they could get with the number one pick. So Dave Kleinman, he covers NFL news and transactions. This is what he tweeted. Could the Panthers trade their number one pick to the Texans? Because I don't think that they want the same guy. And so how smart would that be to say, look, if you want Bryce Young, you trade with us. We get a few more picks from you. If not, we're going to trade it to somebody else that wants Bryce Young, and you're not going to get him. So that's pretty interesting. It is, but here's what I've thought throughout this entire process. This is what I continue to think going in, even though I get different levels of disagreement throughout Twitter and other social media platforms. I think the Texans have about three guys on their board that they'd be ecstatic if they took. I think if they got Bryce Young, they'd be ecstatic. If they got CJ Stroud, they'd be ecstatic. If they got Will Anderson to lead this defense, you know, Alabama guy with an Alabama guy and D'Amico Ryans, they'd be ecstatic. So I've, I've maintained this stance from day one that I do not believe that the Texans have to do anything. They're, they are fine exactly where they are and will take whatever is left to them. There's some people that have a higher grade on C.J. Stroud than Bryce Young. So if that's the case and people are jockeying to get to the number one pick to get to C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young's going to fall to their lap anyway. If for some reason somebody comes out and gets Bryce Young and you don't feel 100% about C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson is a game changer. His ability, like the pressure that he puts on the quarterback, it, 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 he can't be measured. He's he's amazing. That guy is going to be a game record from day one. And I think the Texans would be smart to take him too. There are other possibilities at quarterback. I've mentioned on the show already numerous times that you never know with quarterbacks. But Will Anderson, you're going to know this guy's going to this guy's going to be awesome for sure. But Tennessee quarterback, this is. College, University of Tennessee, Hendon Hooker had a top 30 visit with the Texans. So this is somebody that if they really wanted, they could get him at 12. Get Will Anderson, get this guy at 12. You got the guy from Kentucky. I don't know if he's going to make it to 12. Got the guy from Florida. But this guy gets a top 30 visit. This might be somebody they get and just go with the Will Anderson. See, I believe Hendon Hooker will be available at 33. And if you think, like I do, that these guys in that war room believe that they can win in a multitude of different ways in the draft, then if 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 at 2 and 12, the best choices for them are defensive end and wide receiver or defensive end and center or you know, just in the trenches all together, whatever that means, guard, uh, 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 nose tackle, I don't know. Uh, 
they can go that route and Hendon Hooker will be there at 33 because as you look into the you look into the draft history you can find a quarterback anywhere the San Francisco 49ers won last year the offensive coordinator and your new head coach of your Houston Texans won last year with Mr. Irrelevant the last pick in the draft and if you think they don't know that D'Amico has spoke glowingly about the fact that he feels like the guys that he gets in the later rounds, him being able to mold those guys is what makes him successful. Only, only further points that they don't have to feel, they don't have to fall in love with one guy. And, and so many times in drafts, that is the mistake teams make. They fall in love with one guy and they move heaven and earth. They get that one guy. And then the team that they traded with to get every time those guys take all those assets and they do amazing things with them. And if the Texans are smart, they will not fall into that trap. Do you think anyone is so in love with Will Anderson that they would trade up to get him? Oh, absolutely. And that's the interesting thing about where the Texans sit. I think that they would, in the media, they get murdered for moving back because they have so many holes and need game-changing pieces in their in their 53. But if they were smart and 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 were willing to take the time and invest, you know, the resources later on down the line, absolutely trading back three or four spots could yield them three or four picks. And then you maybe you still get the quarterback and then somebody has to come up to get, you know, the game-changing defensive end. I could be just like you and have an opinion that a lot of people aren't going to agree with. But if you go get Will Anderson with pick number two, you get the wide receiver out of TCU at 12, and then you go get this Tennessee quarterback, I'm just as comfortable, if not more comfortable, with these three guys than you would getting Bryce Young. I really feel it's going to tell a lot about where the timeline, where the, where the Texans feel they are in the timeline. If they make a move like that, it says that, Hey, we're at day one and we're willing to be patient. We're willing to wait. D'Amico just got a five-year contract and we're going to give him all the time to build this thing. Right. I think if they feel like they're two or three years into it, like the general manager is, and needs to start producing now, then you're going to see a difference. You're not going to see guys that you're going to have projects that, 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 okay, we need to spend some time and, and, and build this guy up. The, the, the argument for Hendon hooker is that he is a project that he needs to build built up. Same thing could be said for uh, Anthony Richardson yeah. or will Levis out of Kentucky, that they are not polished finished pieces the way Bryce young and CJ Stroud are. And that you're going to have to take some growing pains and some lumps that come with them. So that's really, in my mind, when the when we get into the drafts and we start seeing some of these guys come off the board for the Texans, you're going to know where they feel like they are. So if the Texans have a three-year plan, they can get a guy, mold him and get ready, and just stay with Davis Mills, maybe go get somebody else. Jimmy G still out there. He keeps being talked about. But if you do get Bryce Young first pick, what does 12 look like? What does the next pick look like? Are they still going to go wide receiver? And then what kind of impact player are they going to get down the line? It'll be interesting. Uh, 
obviously the 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 conventional wisdom is to just take the best available player, plug him in wherever. If he's better than the guy there, then he's better than the guy there, and we'll figure it out. The other argument is okay, Phil Holes, Phil needs. Okay, there may be that wide receiver, but you may feel you have a bigger hole at now. If you if you got the quarterback at two, now you need the defensive end at twelve. Or if you got the defensive end at two, now maybe you need to look elsewhere at twelve than wide receiver because that may not be the, the biggest need on the board for you. Yeah. So speaking of wide receivers, the Texans did sign Robert Woods to a two-year deal. Struggled last year, 53 catches, 527 yards, and two touchdowns. He had ALC surgery in 2021. He's 31 years old. What do you think about this pickup? Bobby Trees, I'm a daily fantasy guy. I'm a uh, season-long fantasy guy. I've had this guy on rosters and lineups many times. When he was a when he was an LA Ram, he was electric, game changer, you know, a, a nightmare for other teams to deal with. He had a he had a, a a huge season before he went to Tennessee before he got hurt uh with Cooper Cup and those LA Rams, they were and Brandon Cooks, they were on the same team. So, I think there's definitely still something left in the tank there. I think that if nothing else, he will be a great mentor to the young guys to be that veteran presence. If you believe that uh, that uh, Brandon Cooks is on his way out the door, he would be that sage veteran that these these young guys, Nico Collins, John Mechie, and then potentially that guy out of TCU to mold them, to teach them, to show them how to become, you know, that that polished veteran. I agree. I think it's a good pick. And I also had him on, I haven't played fantasy football in a couple of years, but when I had him, he was good. He was good for a touchdown. He's good. Even if he catches two balls, one of them's for maybe 70 yards and he still gets you some points. So I think, I think it's a good pickup. Uh, we talk about free agency a little bit. I know we talk most about the draft, but the Texans, Texans, they have the draft and free agency to fill these roster spots. So let's look at the teams with the most cap space. Chicago, who just made that huge trade. They have a lot of picks, and they have a lot of money. $72 million cap space. Atlanta, 62. Las Vegas Raiders, $42 million. I think their quarterback's gone. Where did he go? He went to the Saints. Saints, okay. He said he was going with the team with the best defense. He didn't want to play with a team that had a defense. And then the Texans are number four of $40 million. So they have $40 million of cap space. And what's funny is the Bengals are number five. They had the mo- fifth most uh, cap space, and they were one game away from the Super Bowl. True, very true. Uh, some of the teams you named have free agents that are their own that they have to deal with. The Bengals, like you mentioned, they've got to pay T. Higgins or move him. T. Higgins is electric. He's going to command a pretty penny. Uh, The Chicago Bears just traded for D.J. Moore. He needs to be paid. That was something that they tried to get their hands on him so that he wasn't enticed to go somewhere else. So the Texans, that some of that $40 million just went to, to Robert Woods. So while they still have cap space to maneuver with and and clearly can go fill holes, I think the Texans are going to make a lot of their hay in the draft. 
Yeah, I, I agree too. And then, and you got to play the draft pick. I mean, you got to pay the draft picks too, especially. I think the the first couple of guys they get quite a quite a big paycheck. Uh, it's tiered now. It used to be different. They used to be able to negotiate those contracts. Now you kind of know exactly what all of them are going to make all the way down the line. Uh, it's not nearly as much as it was before. There were some guys that were notorious as the as the worst draft picks ever because they signed massive contracts and then never produced anything, but they were the number one pick. What do you think about this? The uh, Texans got EJ Perry off of waivers from Jacksonville. Uh, a quarterback, somebody else to have in the quarterback room, somebody to be able to use uh, scout team, stuff like that. They brought him in for a uh, top 30 visit once upon a time. So clearly they liked what they saw. Jacksonville's obviously got their quarterback uh, of the future. So he was expendable. So we'll see. I don't know that this guy makes it out of camp. I don't think that this stops him from signing Jimmy G or drafting a, a quarterback. But at the at, before they picked him up, Davis Mills was the only guy on the roster. Any chance Davis Mills is a starting quarterback for the Texans? I think there's a chance. I think it really depends on what happens in the draft. If you told me they drafted Anthony Richardson or Hendon Hooker or Will Levis, I think those guys are going to have to be special and in in you know training camp and in preseason games to steal the job from Davis Mills. It Bryce all depends Young, on the draft and it all depends on free agency, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jimmy G comes in. Who's been rumored uh, with the Texans. He probably starts over Davis Mills. Oh yeah. Price CJ probably starts over Davis Mills. Anybody else? It's, it's up in there. It's a competition. All right. The Texans also are showing interest in 49er center. So I guess we're just going to get all the 49er guys and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Jake Brindell. I, I think, think the Texans need a center. I think it's smart. Look, this is not only about getting guys uh, that are good players, but also guys that are coming from a system that you're trying to teach to new guys. So a lot of the terminology, they're going to be able to help other guys around them. The center is one of the most important positions on the, on the offensive line for him to be able to teach calls and signals and, and and audibles to other guys on the line because he's been in that system for a long time. It's one less guy you got to worry about trying to pick up a new system. It said in 17 games, he only allowed one sack. That's pretty good. In other news, the Roughnecks are 4-0, buddy. Houston Roughnecks. They're amazing. Uh Wade Phillips has that team just playing out of their minds. I mean, they are so good. They haven't lost a game, and and they didn't lose a game the, the season prior. So <laughs> who's going to stop the Roughnecks? Their defense is amazing. They are, they are tough. I think that they're going to have more NFL players come from this team. There's already a, a couple of them in P.J. Walker and uh, Donald Parham that were roughnecks that are now on NFL rosters uh, playing important roles. So I think it's awesome. I, I can't say enough about what the rock was able to do with this, uh, this league, because you kind of felt like it was just going to be, you know, 
some silly side thing and and they're actually putting together a good product i really like some of the different uh uh things that they're doing with it you know the, the different ways you can get back into a football game the different rules it, it's it's making a, a watchable thing out of something where football should not be the 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 sport at this time all right do you have anything you want to add before we get to touchdown or turnover um the one thing I guess I would add is that there's going to be a lot that happens between now and the draft and to just be patient. And, and we don't absolutely know the plan, but I think the guys that we're trusting to, to make this team do have a solid plan. I cannot wait to see D'Amico Ryan's do his thing. Bobby Slowick sounds a lot like Nick Casario. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. So we're just going to see what kind of pieces they come up with but I feel like this is a, a, a team that we can get behind. All right. Now it's time for touchdown or turnover. Number one, we got four today. Number one, sitting in the end zone. Now I know that the rabid fans of the Texans sit in the end zone and they're known as the bullpen. And that's where we got our name. So I'll go ahead and start since I'm already running my mouth. Foul. Uh, Turnover, big time turnover. I'm, I'm, I guess, I guess I'll say touchdown. I don't think there is a bad seat. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a one sided affair, right? You hope that, you know, all the actions coming your way. But I mean, I think that's got to be so cool to have the guy do the leap. You know, I don't want to call it the Lambo leap because it's not. You know, this is Lambo, yeah. but to have guys come into the, into the crowd, you know, you get, you're right there. <laughs> I think me, it depends on where you're sitting. Okay. Cause I went to the, the Oklahoma Houston game and I was sitting in the end zone and I didn't pick my seats out. I, a, a buddy of mine bought me tickets for my birthday and the goalpost is right, right in my eyesight. And I'm not high enough to be able to see what's going on on the other side. So if you want to put me in the end zone, put me up at the top. I hear you. I, I mean, obviously, you got to take that into consideration. And I guess I guess your buddy uh, wasn't familiar with that section. Yeah. Because I don't think I would have bought you tickets and been like, you're going to stare at the goalpost all day, buddy. Happy birthday. If you're going <laughs> to sit in the end zone at the bottom you're watching the TV. You're watching the game on the big screen because you can't tell what's going on. I can tell you that right now. I I've, sat, I've so. sat in the end zone. I don't like it. All right. I mean, you can't zone. see what's going on, dude. You can't buy end zone seats this year. And you tell me what's going on. <laughs> All right. Deal. Like a guy, I had seats end zone seats. Like I went to see Oklahoma and Baylor. And we were down so low when they run the ball. You can't tell if the guy got nine yards, eight yards, lost three yards. I don't like it. So if anyone out there goes to the games and you sit in the end zone, let us know. Number two, bad weather games. Am I as far as, far that, as like, watching for, as far as watching them on TV? Watching them on TV or watching them in person? Either way. I think it's a touchdown watching them on tv i think it's a turnover watching them over on, on you know in person it's i mean you you're got to be so loyal 
I went to one game when I was active duty military and I saw the Jets and the Bills in uh New Jersey, New York, whatever you want to call it. And it was cold. And it was like, I wanted a beer so bad, but I was already too cold to really want to drink that beer. So, I mean, I understand the fans that do it. It's a different kind of passion, but I'd much rather be in the friendly confines of my house, warm on the couch, drinking all the adult beverage I want to, because I wasn't worried I was going to be a popsicle for drinking (laughs) a cold beer. So you are touchdown for television watching turnover for at the game for a bad weather game bad weather game so i grew up in oklahoma and it was fun when the weather was bad but for me i'm kind of when i wrote this down i was kind of just thinking about like the quality of football game that you're getting if they're sliding around or whatever but it's kind of fun so i'm gonna say touchdown i like the i like watching the bad weather games and i like being there it's been a while since I've been in some really bad weather. And when, when I did watch games in bad weather, I was younger and I could probably withstand that. And we wore blankets. We drank hot cocoa. We all sat together. It was pretty fun. But I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to sit in a blizzard in Buffalo and watch a bit football game. I, I really don't know. But overall, I say touchdown. That's what makes football football. I, do, I totally agree. I don't I don't I don't want to ever take the weather away from football. I think that's cool. I just don't know that I'm paying my money to go brave the elements if I don't have to. All right. Number 3. Touchdown or turnover if your friend has bad breath, you let them know. <laughs> oh man. That's a tough one. I mean, I want, I, I personally, I would want someone to tell me, I mean, I guess I'd have to depends on the friend, you know, especially if it's like a lady friend. Ooh, can you imagine how hard that, 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 that conversation is. It's a tough thing to tell somebody. Exactly. So like, well, I, I, I have no problem being told, you know, Hey, why do we not have a problem? And we appreciate it when <sighs> someone tells us. Yeah, And thank you. Thank you. Let me go get some gum, do something. Thank you for letting me know. You're a little embarrassed, but why is it so hard for you to tell someone else? That's a hard thing to tell somebody. I I feel like it's the embarrassment that you know you're putting on them. Yeah. And you're trying to like deal with it. So it's like, again, a real close friend, somebody, you know, brother close. I'm probably going to tell him and not care. It's, it's the, 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 the coworker or, you know, the buddy through a buddy, which we're cool, but you know, we didn't like grow up together or anything like that. Those are the ones where it's like, how do I do this? I don't There's think I would tell right you. Way. I'd pro- really, if, I don't think, I don't know. I, I'd hope you just slide me some gum and be like, hey, try, try, try my new Bubblicious. My mother will look at you and hand you a piece of gum and say, trust me. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> trust me. Trust me. That's what she'll say. And it's kind of, and it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. It kind of takes the sting away. Oh, thanks. You know, but I'm, I might try it. But I don't know dude, if I'd say trust me like that. I mean, but she's a sweet little lady. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm at work and people talk to me and it's, oof, and I don't say a word. I, I can't tell them. I don't know why I can't tell them. And that's why I wanted to ask you that. 
if my brother, like you said, if my brother was sitting here, I was like, dude, your breath is killing me. Or you know what I mean? Your breath's kicking. I would tell my best friends growing up that their breath was stinking, but I, I, th- I guess it just depends on how close you are to something. All right. Number four, this was a conversation that I had on the other podcast with Jonathan Sprinkle, a, a pitcher for the Astros. Doing laundry is the worst chore, and this will be good for you as a single guy. Out of all the things you have to do, is that the worst chore? It is not. It is not. For me, doing dishes is the worst chore. Laundry is number two. Those two things, for me, it's like if there's anything else I could go do, I'd rather cut grass. I'd rather take out trash. There's so many other things I'd rather do than those two things. Yeah. Because laundry, definitely. laundry requires like multiple parts and dishes just, it's just like a filth. I don't want to get into. I think dishes depends. Like if you just have your plate and your fork <clears throat> and maybe a knife, a cup, whatever you cooked on, maybe it's not that bad. It depends on how much you have to wash. But when I was single and did laundry, I didn't have a washing machine in the apartment and that really sucks. And I would, but in the summertime I would go down there and they're usually by the pool. I would put the clothes in the washer, go swimming 45 minutes, get out, take them out, put them in the dryer, swim some more, get out, take them home, fold them, put them away. Do you put your clothes, do you fold them and put them away right away? Or are you like girls and you just stockpile like five different hampers and you throw them all on the bed and you're there for hours. Folding is not a chore. It's part of your other chore that you didn't finish. That's a pet peeve of mine. Why don't you do it right when you get finished? I wash my uniform. I take them out of the dryer. I hang them up. My other clothes, fold them, put them up. It's part of the process. It's not something to do later on in groups of five but see that is what makes doing laundry unappealing it for me it's not getting them into the washer for me it's not getting them in the dryer the the last part exactly exactly because that's more work and then you got to figure out where where they're going like I, i i mean i guess you know, I should have like in the same spot every time, but it seems like a drawer ends up going up or down or something. Some stuff gets hung, some stuff doesn't. But I'm here to tell you right now that I, I've got like seven dishes in the sink right now and a load of laundry over here. And I have the washer and dryer in my apartment, not looking forward to doing either <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> so like, let's say my wife is like, all right, we need to do laundry. You have the choice of putting them in the washing machine, taking them out and putting them in the dryer or taking them out and fold them, put them away. I'd be like, I wash and dry them. Just every like time, you. every time. That is the worst part. All right, buddy. Do you have anything to add to the bullpen? We need the to one- think of what to say on this part. <laughs> uh, closing arguments, closing arguments. All right. Work in progress. Work in um, progress, folks. So on the baseball <laughs> podcast, if you listen to both of these, we say, Tom, here's your final thoughts. But that can be what this is right for now. What's your final thoughts? Uh, for me, really, I'm just so excited. Like, I'm, I'm one, 
I'm so excited that Carolina traded up to get the number one because it's not the Texans. If I have one thing that I, I, I hope for, my hope is that they take all their draft capital and they use it. Go draft guys. We they're, they're, The Texans have so many holes. If they're trading up anywhere, it better be for a stud. Like I can't miss stud. And, and while Bryce Young may be that guy, there's, there, there, there's at least one other guy that I would go to war with in a heartbeat. I would, I would go to war with CJ Stroud in a heartbeat. And I feel like if you have that, you know, when Patrick Mahomes got picked, I believe it was 13th. Nobody saw him coming. He was not the first quarterback taken in that draft. And guess what? He's arguably one of the best quarterbacks in football right now. And their ability to identify his talent and put him in the best position to win is what makes him so special. He could have went to some other team and yet had never heard of the guy. So I don't think you have to have the the 1A. There, there, I don't think there's... Joe Montana is not out there. You know, Peyton Manning. I, I don't think any of those guys are are here yet. I could be wrong, but I think there are four guys that right now that you could take and have a legit opportunity to win with. And if the Texans are smart, in my opinion, my opinion alone, they will not force a, a, a square peg into a round hole. Play the hand dealt, take the best available guys, load up this system and see what happens. So I think one thing we can do on the next episode, let's do some homework and go back and look at the draft and see how many quarterbacks were drafted first or maybe, you know, top two and see how they panned out. See what the percentage is. And because it seems like you're, you know, you're talking about the guy from Kansas city you got Tom Brady, you got Mr. Irrelevant last year. You, you never that's you never know when you're going to get a good quarterback. You could draft the number. You could draft the Heisman Trophy winner, and he could turn out to be nothing. Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel. You never know what you're going to get with these quarterbacks. And that's why I think it's so important that they are properly, you know, groomed, and and the system is groomed around them to use their what what they do well best. I think if you were to try to take some guy like Lamar Jackson and make him a pocket passer and take his legs away and, and change the way he plays football best. He wouldn't be Lamar Jackson. So for the Texans, do I think they have to have Bryce young to make this thing work? Absolutely not. I think there's, there's a bunch of different ways to make it work. It's going to be incumbent upon them to build around whoever that young stud is and, and use what makes him good to his, you know, play to his strengths as opposed of, all right, we're going to try to make you this other guy. And I think if they do that, they've got all the picks they need to to turn this around quick. I agree. I think it's going to be exciting. I think uh, the Texans are going to be a competitive team next year. They may not, like you said, they could win only four games, but I think they're going to be competitive. I'm, I'm very excited about it. But also, guys, thanks for joining us here on the bullpen and we will see you next time.